Welcome to Game Theory and Money, your holiday edition, as we are nailing this thing down right between Christmas and New Year's. For all of you who celebrate whatever it is you may celebrate, we wish you a very happy holiday season. We hope the football has been kind to you, and perhaps this week 17 we'll do the same. Real quick, uh, last week against the number, Cynthia 7, 8, and 1, and a 1, 1, and 1. Ones were wild uh, on your confidence picks. Uh, on the season in confidence picks, 27, 20, and 2. If for whatever reason you have decided this is the first week you are going to listen to this podcast, uh, understand it is here. It exists because of Cynthia Freeland, our predictive analytics executive, the executive director of predictive analytics, the senior <laughs> vice president of predictive <laughs> analytics at the NFL Network and NFL.com. Uh, 10,000 simulations <laughs> per game, and it gives you a better idea of what is likely to happen. Cynthia, you know I don't like to grab the ass to start things out, so how about a quick pick? I like a lot of points when Green Bay and Detroit square off at Lambeau Field. Okay. Interesting, because a game with absolutely zero Absolutely nothing potential. on the line. All right. And that's how you points. can make it fun for yourself to watch. You're going to see some points. There you go. More than you might imagine. A shout-out to your mother, who is in the other <gasps> studio, as she will be watching that Detroit-Green Bay game because she can't separate herself from her favorite childhood team. Correct? <laughs> that's right, Marianne. <laughs> Talking about she's, you. She's shaking her head, I'm sure. All right. That's the holiday, right? (laughs) Shout out to all the parents. Uh, My parents are not around, so your mother is going to have to do. We start, Cynthia. What's that? Well, perfect. She made a lot of lasagna. We're all very full, so if we're slow today, you can actually blame her because the lasagna was so good, I ate way too much. The old pasta nap. That's what Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we need. But instead, we will forge on, and we forge with Freeland's favorites, as the name suggests, favorites that you like. This week, let's start with the game I will be attending as I will get out of the Midwest here to Denver on Saturday for a Sunday contest. The number says the Chargers will uh, will win this game by at least six and a half. And you say what, Cynthia? I say that you, Matt Moneysmith, are going to see a Charger win, 70.5% of the simulations. is very convincing. And a big one, most likely score 26-17 in my math. And why is that? Well, pretty well, much... <laughs> well, <laughs> the more you make fun of me, the more I laugh, the, the more grab. No giggling. Sorry, today. I'm sorry. Put the I'll eggnog being... down already, Cynthia. We're trying to work Ooh, here. Darn it! Disgusting. Anyway, I know we've talked about this before, but it's disgusting. I won't drink it. Um, look, the Chargers. That was a weird game against the Ravens. The score, ten points. That's not a lot of points for the Chargers' offense that we've seen do a lot of great things. I think Melvin Gordon getting back in the rotation. Everything is going to be clicking on all cylinders in this one. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think you're going to see a lot of great pass rush on both sides of the ball. But there's a lot of chaos with the Broncos. A lot of injuries, and I just think that when you add up all of the things going in favor of the Chargers is just a greater than sign against the Broncos. It's not oh, that tricky. Yeah, and I think also, uh, I, I will say this, it is an interesting game, and I know we're going to get into this um, a lot as we get to a lot of the games that don't have any playoff implications. Right. But if they decide to check the score at halftime and the Chiefs are absolutely destroying the Raiders, it will be interesting to see what Coach Lynn decides to do because he's had a lot of guys that are banged up. That's um, right. A lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps, and if they know there's no chance for them to get that one, I would be very surprised if they don't come out and rest everybody in that second half. No question, they'll start strong. They'll compete That's right. in that so first half, but depending the on what's The beginning of the game will be interesting. Yeah. Maybe after halftime, less interesting. Exactly. Unless, again, you know, the Raiders have been playing some pretty good football as of late. If they can make a contest of it against the Chiefs, which I would find extremely surprising if they could, 
then you will get a full game out of him. But uh, also the Broncos are real banged up as well, and it looks like just I mean, Philip Lindsay. I like I was trying to yeah. not say anything because you know it's it's only Wednesday, so we're not entirely sure. It seems like it's a pretty bad injury. It seems like there's going to be a lot of problems. I don't know, right? We don't know anything, so I'm just saying this one. It's going to be Chargers looking very solid, a nice run game. It is a it is a solid Chargers win. Yeah, and that's what it should be, right? I mean, that's that's what everything on paper suggests, uh, especially because the Broncos are down a lot of guys. I think they're on, like, their fifth-string tight end, backup to the backup to the backup second cornerback. Uh, the safety's a mess. They are they are a, a mash unit. But, again, be careful just because halftime I do think the Chargers will rest everybody in the second half if there is no chance of them getting the number one. So there we go. We like the, uh, so we move on. the Chargers by a big number, but again, <laughs> yeah. be careful. But look at the first uh, half. It's, it's one just, to be just only of. look at the first yes. half. It's really all that matters in this 49ers one. 49ers at Rams. Rams <laughs> still have uh, a chance where they could lose home field advantage and a bye. If they lose and the Bears win, they then uh, slip to the three. So there's a big one for them. Expect them to play this entire game, which is why you got such a big number. It is Rams by 10. Yep, and I have the Rams winning in 78% of the simulations. Most likely score I have is 31-20, which does reflect a full 60 minutes of Rams trying. <laughs> Sounds weird, but of Rams effort. <laughs> so so they they win by more than 10 in 51.3% of the simulations, though. So there is there is the chance that, you know, like if Gurley's not 100% or whatever, it, it I'm less confident about the 10 than I am about the Rams win. Now, did Very you do, confident on that. Did you do some without Gurley? I did. It, you did. I, right now in the model, it's like 70% girly. Okay. So that's what you got with it. Because I, I won't be surprised if they don't play him, especially how well C.J. Anderson played and the way they used him is just kind of that one cut, put your foot in the ground, hit an interior gap runner, and how effective it was. Um, you know, it's not like Jared Goff was all that great in that game against the, the Cardinals. I mean, it really was an Anderson game, and he kind of gave them a dimension because that's something that Gurley doesn't even really do. He likes to attack the edges, so – I'll be interested to see if they just play right. it safe and say, you know what, give them a give them another week off. Why why not? Yeah, it's. I think it's more likely, based on what I've been hearing at least. I think it's more likely that, that he does. He plays in for some. Now, okay. do I think he plays a hundred percent of the snaps or the kind of high ninety percent we've seen him play in some games this season? No, but I think seventy. I put in seventy there just based on the best intel I have. But again, it's Wednesday, so if he has a setback in practice or something, it could change things on Sunday. Forty ers are not like the front that you saw from Arizona. Arizona's defensive front is nasty. They're they're a good defensive they have a lot of good, they bring a lot of good pressure so it could be one where this this the 49ers front isn't as ferocious i guess as the sure. as it could be so i think you know 3120 is where i'm comfortable right now 70% girly i where i mean as spunky as the 49ers have been to close the season uh i suspect that Sean McVay and company still want to make sure they're right and they're not showing any any leaks Headed into the playoffs and obviously get that buy in that home field at least through the first divisional round. Uh, I think Jets that and that Patriots. buy is huge for them. Yes, huge for no them. question. Jets at Patriots. Uh, Pats, thirteen and a half, and courtesy of the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think that was never thought. What it was the tweet? It was a great tweet. Never it thought was we'd a great be tweet. They're Nick like, think, we never thought yeah. we'd be. And it was like a post game Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Hashtag Saint Nick. And it was like so, post Super Bowl hug, sort of between Tom Brady and Nick Foles. So for all of the struggles, the and I'm kind of using air quotes a little bit um, as you look at the screen struggles for the Patriots, <laughs> they're going to end up as the two seed. And yep. uh, it's like as long as they win this game, and your model says they do win this game by at least thirteen and a half. 
Yeah, I have 83.1% of the time they win. And the score that comes up most often is 31-17, which is 14 points. And that happens, so more than 13.5 in 54.3% of the simulations, which, considering how big that number is, is that's that's pretty – like, I was surprised it was so high. I thought it was going to be, like, 50.2, if I had to guess. Can you, <laughs> so it's a little I, higher than I thought. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, no, but how much, how much have things changed in your model for the Jets uh, since kind of this nice little – run from Sam Darnold and the fact that he's actually operating what could be characterized as a legitimate NFL offense right now, something that it really wasn't for about a five-game span there. You know, my best note on the Jets is right now, you know, every season there's a worst-to-first team, right? Like with the Bears this year, like right. they, there's always one. It's the Eagles and last year. Exactly. And so right now the Jets – Look, they're going to need some help because it's a it's a factor of like who is starting to look like the best candidate for worst to first in their division, and right now it might be the Jets because wow. they've got a ton of cap space. They've got a legitimate You're projecting quarterback. Projecting them to sign Le'Veon Bell and all that. Well, kind of stuff, I, right? again, they have they've got flexibility right. now. The thing that they have that the Browns, who had a ton of flexibility last season, had the thing that they have that's different is they have a quarterback that actually looks like he has like a known factor. Right? We didn't know what we we're going to get with Baker. We didn't know if they were going to get Baker. So the fact that they've got the quarterback position and the safety position, they're very strong at both. Safety is kind of the quite possibly the most underrated position. I don't know. I think safety is like maybe guard. Guard and safety are pretty kind of underrated positions in terms of how important they are. And the Jets are really good at safety. So it's interesting. It's interesting to me to see how their futures are looking. So I'm going long on the Jets. Okay. Like a long play That's on the Jets, play. but the short play. Long play. Patriots. Short play. Short play. Patriots. And a half. Uh, I don't even know how you can figure out what the Panthers are against the Saints. Oh, you um, mean you mean modeling Kyle Allen versus potentially Teddy Bridgewater is not easy? I was like, is that <laughs> Kyle Allen? Is that a hybrid? <laughs> Backup Garrett Gilbert. Yes. Oh, so that's uh, fun. <laughs> Kyle Allen and the uh, Panthers at the Saints who need to – well, actually, they don't need to win. They already have They don't need field. to do anything. So they can right. – well, I guess that's what's interesting, huh? They can rest everybody if they want to, which is what I would yeah. suspect they'll do. Um, Saints are Don't favored. be ridiculous about this game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. By nine. So what do you do? Yep. What do you got? Well, the way that you do it is you look at the first half and you say, let's get some good, good solid reps in. Let's see what Sean Payton's history shows us about when he has, you know, the potential to be a little bit more conservative in what he does. And really, it, this one is just merely based on the strength of the Saints run game. So backup situations for not necessarily full complement of plays for everybody and kind of what are we going to see and we're not going to show any tricks like we've been seeing we're not going to see creative quarterback uses with non-Drew Brees situations I think this is the this is the this might be the game where Teddy Bridgewater shows you why he's going to be the prettiest girl at the prom in the offseason a lot of people are going to look at him to be their bridge excuse my pun for next season and this is going to be why so it's it's kind of like that's what's driving a 77.4 percent new orleans win and a projected score of 28 17 like that's and the the sureness on that i i don't i don't love that right like i don't love the 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 projections in this one again first half look for some nice solid reps keep everything in a nice flow keep everyone from getting hurt that's what i think this game is all about right and that's I think where I would chime in and say, that's why I'm not going to be doing much with it. 
I will. Uh, you shouldn't. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> I think that's, Christian McCaffrey. If you're, if for some reason you still have to play fantasy and you're playing right. this wacky Week 17 thing, I think Chris, Christian McCaffrey is about as good of a a pick for a running back as possible. So there we go. <laughs> that's about it. I was so excited it made my Skype video wobble there. Yeah, you're. Uh, I was about to I know, say I'm are trying you to get dancing? settled in here. Um, <laughs> now to a game that does have serious implications. Yes. Uh, the Texans will play host to the Jags. The Texans. There is a chance they could actually miss the postseason with a loss. I believe that is the case. Yes, they can actually still miss out on the postseason entirely. I believe if they lose uh, to the Jaguars, you could. No, that's right. They cannot. The Steelers would have had to have won. In right. that's exactly right. They would have had to have beaten the Saints and the, the Texans. But could they have got booted. But right. they can still well, lose the division. They can still lose the division, and they can still like it. Then they'd be traveling as opposed to hosting you know, on wild card weekend, which is a big deal. Right. So big one. They're favored by seven. Uh, you like them to win by more than that. And what percentage of your simulations? So they win in 73.2, most likely score 26 to 17, which is nine points. And I have them more than a touchdown in 60.5% of the simulations. This is a tough one for me. Uh, I know. If Because had the Jags you know rolled I, like, over. Like mentally, did, I thought so too. And yeah. then I looked into it and I'm like, nope. If, if they had rolled over last week here. and the Dolphins would have beat them. And it's just like, you you know, you think about some of those personalities in that room. And you've heard about cracks kind of in the in the camaraderie of that team. And it's like, yeah, all right, Texans going to run them. You know, run them I'm over. I'm more worried but about injuries. Yeah. I think Demarius Thomas, that's a that's a loss. Like the, the injuries are the the fear for me for the Texans. They've been putting people on IR like two people this week, so that's that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's I, I think see, I don't know if nines I, I think it's a closer game. I think for whatever mm-hmm. reason the Jags just kinda watching the way they've performed the last couple weeks, I thought for sure they would mail it in. Just revolt okay, so- players are over it. Everyone's going their different ways, and everybody hates everybody. Why is Blake Bortles our quarterback? All of that. Now it just seems like that's not – maybe that's not the case. I mean, it's still a really good defense. I mean, Clayus Campbell looked amazing, but a lot of people look amazing against the tackles for the, the Dolphins. So yes. it's hard to – yeah. Um, Give me some look, good stats. Convince Texas me the Texans defense, are fine. Okay, so – when you think about the Jags and how their offense operates, it's all about the run more than any, you know, almost anyone else, right? Texans defense is allowing 22.3 rushing yards per game on first down in the past four games, which is 1.9 yard per rush. They're the only team that's allowing sub two yards per rush on first down over the past four. Just to give you some context, the Chargers allow 60 rushing yards per game, and they're right about the average for teams this season. So that's that's on first down, obviously. So you know, first down setting up good, second down setting up good, third down, especially on this team with a shaky quarterback performance, shaky quarterback production from whoever's quarterbacking the Jags, presumably Blake Bortles, right? But ultimately, if you're not allowing the team to run, you're not allowing Lennon Fournette to work, it's going to be very difficult for them to score any points. That's that's the biggest thing that came came from it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing – Your counterpoint – Here's I'll give you the counterpoint. Back to Your counterpoint can say that, that Watson under pressure stinks. Yeah. You can just tell me Watson under pressure. I think it's it, his pass rating decreases 81 points, which is the biggest in the NFL. That's a huge difference when he's under pressure and when he's not. He's been excellent under – not under pressure in the, this season – 
not so good under pressure. He's been sacked 56 times, which is the most in the NFL, four more times in nine games this season. So that stinks. That's very that's tricky, especially when you're saying Calais Campbell, this this defensive front does get to the quarterback. I mean, they they provide a lot of pressure. So I, those are the point counterpoint for me. But the biggest thing for me is is your stability on first down, and the Texans D doesn't figure to allow the Jags to get stable on first down. I am so tempted to take the Jags. I Do really it. am. I, I just, Do I, it, I, I just Matt think, So think about what are the last three weeks, right? Last three, three weeks for the Texans are losing to the Eagles, uh, an Eagles mm-hmm. team that's beat to hell, but still, you know, showing some life as they have a chance to maybe make it back. Well, into they the have tournament. magic, of have, course. Exactly, the magic of, of Nick Foles. Yeah. They get humiliated at home by the Colts, and they should have lost. You know that that game was essentially lost to the Jets, you know, where, and granted, I get it, you, you know, he, you show moxie and, and you show some stick to by winning late. Um, and it's not easy to win in the NFL on the road, no matter what, especially a Jets team that's been playing a lot better as of late, but, oh man, I, I think it's a tough one. I guess what I'm saying is I'll, I'll go ahead and, and file this into my category of I'll, I'll take those, uh, those seven and feel like You'll it's a seven. little bit closer okay. than, uh, All right. than the model suggests. This is the big one, uh, the biggest one of the week. Winning, you're My in, losing, you're one. done. It is. It's Sunday Night Football. It's Colts. It tightens. Uh, and right now, on the road, and I'm sure a lot of this has to do with the health of Marcus Mariota, who we don't know as of the time we're recording this on Wednesday, the 26th, whether or not he is going to be the starter or not. Um, and I do think there's just a smidge of a drop-off from the starter to the backup in this one. Uh, as it sits right now, it's Colts smidge. by three on the road. Uh, what do you got? I have Indianapolis. Okay, so just so you know how I factored this in, I did 75% Marcus Mariota, 25% backup. So this is a Mariota-driven projection for the almost most part, right? Like as as close as I could – we haven't seen anything. It could potentially change. we got to go back to Twitter. There's going to be a lot of updates this week in general, but this is a Marcus Mariota-driven projection. Just putting that out there. Okay, I have – How do you you adjust um, for – I, for health, I guess. I mean, if it's something like I get it. If it's if it's Mariota, that drives the projection. If it's Blaine Gabbert, that drives the projection. But what about Marcus Mariota, who's coming off a stinger, who says the entire right side of his body went numb, and he's still trying to come back from that? And you try to do you downgrade the quarterback by a certain percentage? Like I just, just maybe help me, the idiot, yeah. figure out how it. You're works. not an idiot. This is this is taking a long time to to get down, but. Unfortunately for Titans fans, but fortunately for modeling fans, we have many games worth of non-100% Marcus Mariota. We've seen how they've tailored the game plan to adjust for coming back from injury. Now, I don't – it's not all – because he's had different injuries, it's not necessarily a Stinger-specific projection, but it is a non-healthy Mariota projection. So – it's easier for him. It's easier for me to model him because he has played post-injury not 100% enough that we can see some shifts. It's not the same for every quarterback, but for him, we actually, unfortunately, again, un- I-, I hate saying it because it sounds like I'm like happy about it, but I'm definitely not. We just have the information, so I modeled it in there. Gotcha. And you have sense. the Colts 24-21. Uh, yep. Anything else that you want to share statistically why you have that? Well, the interesting thing about, so the Colts, 
their offense over the past four games, 90% red zone touchdown percentage. Now, some people can have like an inflated red zone percentage because they've only been in the red zone two or three times, right? But they actually are converting third down at 54.3%. So if you've got a high, so think of 40 as being uh, like a threshold to get over on third down. And then anything above that is like just great, right? And then you've got 90% red zone touchdown percentage in the past four. Their O-line health seems to be on the uptick you're getting the Colts in the upswing you're getting the Titans unfortunately more injuries more people going on IR more adjustments to we don't know about you know the quarterback the most the most the biggest thing that influences the model we have a lot of health concerns there that's tricky too and you've seen the Titans defense been be able to hold opposing teams to 8.3 points per game and allowed in the past four games it's the best in the NFL that doesn't figure to necessarily hold if you're thinking, okay, better field position, not as good of quarterback play means better field position, means all these other things that mean that points per game could go up. So you have a decreased ability to potentially score with injuries and an increased ability to allow other people to score and this team with this crazy high third down and red zone percentage, and that's what drives the model. Yeah, I can't decide if I'm going to ding the Colts or credit the Colts for the performance last week against the Giants you know that they allowed themselves to to fall into that kind of hole because if they do against the Titans it's going to be hard to come back against that defense no question about that but at the same time I credit them you know not only did they have to dig out of a first half hole and did so rather quickly in the second half but then you know have to run a what final two minutes of the game uh you know to to keep their playoff hopes alive I just you know I look at it as quarterbacks you give me even if you gave me 100% Mariota versus 100% luck it's not even close for me um you know in a game that matters you give me whatever he might be 70% Mariota uh, against what is a very good Colts defense as well um I I think they win by more I I think this is a touchdown game to me I mean, I'm glad, like, I'm sitting here, I told you I'm, like, rooting right. for chaos, right? So, I, like, I want the I want the scenario where it's, like, Colts and Patriots. I want it. Right. I want it bad. It's going to need two rounds to get to it, but it's looking more and more likely. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. <laughs> I was happy to see that it turned out in my, my chaos. My chaos theory is going to most likely hold for that yeah. it's going to be either the Colts or the Titans and then no Steelers. Right. So, I you think, know, you know what? Chaos. So, you're going back to my Jacksonville thing. I think it ends up, uh, what, it would be Chargers v. Texans, and then it would end up being uh, Colts v. Ravens is how I believe it would shake out in the first round of the playoffs if we believe the Ravens will beat the Browns. Oh, we're going to get to playoff percentages. We have all of it. Exactly. Just thinking of first-round matchups we'd like to see. Right? It'd be kind of fun to watch that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fantasy futures. So normally uh, through week 16, you would be sharing some players that are going to get touchdowns. There's probably still a a percentage. Granted, it is a small percentage of people that are playing fantasy this week. Or maybe those that want to play daily, which is fine. Good way to uh, round out the season if you love yourself some fantasy. Let's get some touchdowns. What do we got? Okay, you ready? All right. I got Peyton Barber starting off. Okay. Hot. That's I yeah, that's, that's spicy. spicy. I give you a little, I think that's spicy. A little Peyton Barber. He is the he is the RB one down there, but that's still yeah, there you go. Smattering of them. We'll give you golf claps for that. How about that, Cynthia? Great. Golf claps. How about Kenyon how about Kenyon Drake? Yeah. Against Buffalo. Okay, let's do that. That works. Okay. I'll give you spicy. I'll give you golf claps. Spicy. Golf okay. claps. <sighs> Thank you. Okay. Um all right. How about uh David Johnson? It didn't used to be come spicy, on. but now it seems I mean, sp- come spicy. Come on. You don't think that's spicy? It was a top five pick. Come I, on. I, I'm just saying. Come on. I don't know. You can, I feel you know like what I'm saying, been... Cynthia? You can do better. Okay, you okay, can do fine. better. You can do fine. better. 
All right, I have a Nick Chubb touchdown. Terrible. Look at Bill. <laughs> look at Bill's body language. Bill's body language always looks like that. Though. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Fine. How about? Last chance. Last chance. This one's spicy. Okay. Theoretic touchdown. Okay. We're happy with that. That one's spicy. There you go. Okay. Phew. That made Mama Gosh. Freeland happy. The Riddick touchdown. There you go. <laughs> Just gave a thumbs up. A uh, <laughs> reminder, there is a company called Candid, and they make it convenient and affordable to straighten your teeth. They will send you clear aligners. You get them at your home. They are customized specifically for you, and they allow you to fix and straighten your teeth. No matter how old or young you are, you can use an at-home modeling kit. You send your impressions back. With some photos, and they do have a network of orthodontists who will review your specific case and get you a 3D preview of what the treatment's going to look like. When you receive that preview, you decide if you want to move forward or not. You can also talk to anyone in person uh, at any time. If you have any questions, they'll set up a video call to walk you through that uh, modeling process. The treatment takes about six months, and it costs 65% less than braces, talking about saving you thousands of dollars. And you can get it uh, by taking advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Uh, you go to CandidCo, that's C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O dot com slash game theory, CandidCo.com slash game theory to save 25% on your modeling kit. That's CandidCo.com slash game theory. And that gets you 25% off that modeling kit. One more time, Candid, C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O dot com slash game theory. All right. Now to the dogs, Cynthia. Are we ready? I'm ready. I just went to CandidCo. It's a lovely website. Yeah, I bet. It uh, is. Effective. Browns at Ravens. Ravens obviously still playing to make it into uh, the AFC this one North a Championship lane, if that made any sense. That was me yeah, vamping sure as I was scrolling did. on my sheet It was here. great. The Ravens Good. currently hold the four seed. Um, if they win, they will uh, hold. In. They could Actually, they could move up to three. If the Texans lose, the Ravens could end up as the three seed as opposed to the four. Right now, the folks like them by six against the Browns. What do you like? I like 21-19, so two points. I have Baltimore winning in a convincing amount of the simulation, 69.8. But it doesn't mean that I like six. It means that I like two. Got it? I, I think they can lose this game. I mean, obviously they can. But I think they lose this game. I think Cleveland wins. I, they mean, are, it's, it's, I think – I mean, I'm on the side you know of what? that. That's stupid. 57. I'm not going to say that. No, I've decided that's stupid. I've just talked myself out of it in, 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 in the span of four seconds. I've talked myself out of it. Uh, it's stupid. Is it, it stupid because the Ravens did, are 4.28 yards per plan first down in their past four games? Because that's what I like. And three yeah. takeaways. First down's huge. Especially for – I mean, look, Baker Mayfield has been good with Ready Kitchens. It was like all this, you know, should they keep him? Should they not? Who knows? Bigger, deep passing has been good, but you know what? A lot of that is set up by what kind of defense they're facing. The more the more they're allowed to have the option to run or pass on this Ravens defense, the better off they would be. But if they're not getting good yards per play on first down, that is going to be very difficult for Baker Mayfield and the yeah. Browns. It's one thing to get excited about that Cleveland defense um, and the offense, the way it's been operating, but it's another thing to play the Ravens as opposed to the Bengals. Um, so, yeah, unless you can get Hugh Jack on that sideline for Baker to, to deal with and, and have some motivation. I don't know if the I don't know if the Browns could make that work, figure out a way to put Hugh Jackson on the Ravens' sideline. Like, just like those giant, the big yeah. heads, right? They could exactly. do that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, – 
I, I think I've now talked myself out of it in the span of about three minutes. That Ravens defense is way too good um, for a rookie quarterback to navigate when they've got the division on the line. They lose, Pittsburgh wins, and, and they lose the division. So they got to win this one, I suspect. They will. I'll just say, I mean, it's impressive. There's a couple things about the Ravens that are impressive. We talked about one earlier defensively, right? Their ability to tackle. It's the best tackling team in the NFL. They are extremely physical. I mean, they really beat the snot out of you in a game. But what wasn't really all that impressive to me um, was kind of the offense. And, and understandable, right? It's, it's It was 190 yards in, what, four straight games going into the Charger game. Um, but the second-half adjustments they made, I mean, really just kind of shut them down, that, that offense down. And, and this is, the like, for people that ask the question of, oh, why can't you run an offense like that for an entire season? Well, I think you saw it in that Charger game because you're going to put the ball on the ground. You're going to settle for threes. It is very hard to score touchdowns because once that field shrinks, it's not as viable. The read option, whether it's the read option, diamond, for, you know, running power out of the diamond, if it's the bone, whatever it is, it makes it a lot harder to score when that field shrinks and gets inside that 20 and 15. And if you have an offense and, you know, credit again that defense for shutting the Chargers offense down, but if you have an offense that can – put up, let's say, three touchdowns, probably going to lose. And, and I think that's kind of the problem the Ravens are running into, and that's when the Chargers finally made their adjustments in the second half outside of a busted play, that pass to, to Andrews. There was really nothing that the Ravens had going. Um, so that's, I guess, just kind of projecting forward into the postseason, my concern for that team against you know some very good offensive squads. I'm curious to see how they look against the Browns defense because the Browns defense kind of underrated linebackers. I think they're better than they get credit for. And I think that they've made some good adjustments given how many players in their secondary have been hurt. And the Ravens aren't, you know, I'm not as concerned about their passing game as I am about like stuff that happens from the read option because that's, you know, taking it to the other side of of the ball and what the Ravens do on offense. So I'm going to be curious on this one to see how those linebackers impact the effectiveness of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. So that that's something interesting to me to watch. Yeah, it'll it'll you know, again, I think this one's it's a a good one to watch because the Ravens have to win to win the division, but also to project forward and and what they might look like in the postseason. Because, you know, you had one Gus Edwards run of 44 yards, that one pass play to Andrews for 70 yards. And that was really it. If you take those two things away from their offense, the Edwards was the first play from scrimmage for the Ravens. uh, And that obviously was the the pass to Andrews one was. Was interesting. Yeah, because it was a missed assignment and a busted tackle. So you're talking about a giant chunk. And outside of that, I mean, heck, I think they had a drive that was five minutes, 41 seconds, and 11 plays, and it went 31 yards. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it is it is absolutely crazy. Um, but you know, when you have that defense, that's what you do, right? You dominate time of possession. I just, I, and again, this is probably for next week. We can save this conversation. Yep. But no, no. But, but again, I actually I, think I actually the, think the Browns are going to give us a lot I of think good so too. insights. I, I, I think, think they're, they're going to give us good game. insights about that. I th- yeah. I'm with. I'm obviously with you. That's what the math has. <laughs> Bengals Steelers Steelers by fourteen and a half. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. I have Pittsburgh winning in 80.8% of the simulations, but the score I have, 29-17, really 12 points. Okay. <laughs> Although um, it's about 12 points or less than 14.5 points in 55.7% of the simulations, so it's not like it's this huge convincing thing. But, I mean, that's it's still less than 14.5. Yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, if the – and that's one where, you know, you get to halftime and you can't help but look up at the scoreboard. And if you see that the Ravens are putting it on the Browns, the players are just like, oh, crud, we're out. You know, that's it. We're, we're not in the playoffs. It's over. 
Yeah, I'm not this is this one isn't a isn't a situation where I'm picking for some like Bengals resurgence, something like that. It's more like again, like the stability of the run position really helps keep things yeah. less volatile. And if you're if you're keeping with the stability and where you can be smart to preserve look, if the Steelers win, then the, the chance of the postseason, like that's their way in if they win. So they've got to they've got to theoretically win. Again, they could look up at the at the scoreboard. So again, I would focus on the first half in this one, and I would think a convincing Steelers first half, but maybe not so convincing in the second half. Focus on the half. Slows it down. Slows it you're down. You're not running the marathon. Half. You're running the half. Focus on that's the right. half. Right. The half like the Steelers. <laughs> Thirteen point uh, one. You're there good. You go. Uh, Eagles at Redskins. Eagles got a win, and they need some help. They are favored yep. by six and a half. And you got what? I have whew, um, Philadelphia winning in 66.5% of the simulations score that I have 27, 21. So that's six points. Yeah. <laughs> not six and a half points. <laughs> um, not super convincing six and a half um, as the magic number in 50.8% of the simulations. So Washington with a head start, not super convincing in this one. Um, ultimately what boils down to the Eagles so I'm not going to give away my playoff situation yet, but it's not magic with Nick Foles. It's an offense that is what I'm going to use the word is right. Like selfless, right? Like you're, you're, when you talk to Doug Peterson, who's been on the pod, he's wonderful. When you talk to all of the people there about what's working, what's not, it's the fact that there's not, there's no forcing. There's no trying to get someone anywhere or numbers and they're, you know, no one's complaining about passes being, pull their push their way or not so it's it's just a little bit more of um like equal and they're just trying to get first downs it's a little less worried about um their own self selfishness if that makes sense makes sense makes sense to me what about swearinger did you run all the simulations obviously without him and did that have any sort of impact his it it did have an impact again the position he plays, the, car, the the space in the field that he occupies is a very important space. It's interesting because what the model can't factor in is kind of what you read between the lines about when they say things like, um, you know, not it, – it's like the team chemistry or whatever. It, it, it's clearly not – he didn't get let go because they – because of performance, right? Oh, no. They, they got let go for other, flapping his gums. Right. So I don't know if that was causing not good feelings in the I locker room. I don't I can't model that field part chemistry of it. variable. Right. So that to me is more it's just about space on the field and replacement replacing the space on the field that he occupies. So it did go down with that. Okay. To the Raiders and Chiefs. To the Raiders we go. And the Chiefs uh thirteen and a half coming off a tough physical game against Seattle. They lose. They got to win this game for the one seat. So certainly supremely motivated to uh, to get out with a win and also to maybe get back on track. I mean, they lost two or three uh, to the Chargers and to the Seahawks. So actually two in a row, right? Yeah, two in a row now mm-hmm. two to in the, a row. Uh, the Chargers and Seahawks. And you would assume for all of Andy Reid's uh, detractors that, hey, it's a lot of fun during the regular season, but playoffs come around, and uh, Andy Reid's Andy Reid. So certainly want to try get to, to – if they, if they get the – like if they get the one seed and then it's at home, is it like Andy Reid coming off a bye at home? Because, you know, we love those stats. I think unfortunately <laughs> – I think unfortunately for Andy it would be, here we go, it's playoffs. <laughs> let's, see, let's see if Andy does it again where he tears up the league all regular season long and then has a team like the Titans roll into town that squeaks in on six different tiebreakers in 2017 and absolutely shuts his offense down. I mean, 
that's why I think this is just a a, a beating. I, th- I think this okay, is a yeah. you know you Pat think it's Mahomes more than thirteen and a half five touchdowns kind of thing. He's my favorite quarterback this week, and if you were going to play fantasy of any sort. But anyways, I have Kansas City winning in 83.9% of the simulations. The score I have is 31-19, which is 12 points, not quite 13.5. But again, it's 13.5 for Oakland in 50.4% of the simulations. So part of this is the getting back on track thing. Like Something that I've been spending a lot of time on is how many different types of plays you call and when. So you can see, like, you kind of have two ends of the spectrum. So the Chiefs called a lot of different offensive plays in the beginning of the season, and then maybe they they, they put too much on film to use, like, you know, football terms. And then you have kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where it's, like, the Rams, who also had a high-powered offense, but they kind of ran the same play, but, like, maybe to the left instead of the right. And it's all 11, so, like, only three wide receivers on the field all the time. And maybe that's something people caught up to as well. So it's interesting to see, like, when play calling, kind of what's the right balance of like showing enough and not showing too much and because Bill Belichick does it too right all of September we don't really see much that's his preseason and then we see a lot and then we don't see adjustments like so I'm 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 curious to see if this time with Andy with the quarterback he wants the the spread offense that he wants Damian Williams had some fumble issues that probably were really big factors in that Seattle game or the in the Seahawks game so that I mean get that under control. I'm I'm very curious to see in this one. And the reason the model says only 12 as opposed to even more convincing win is because I do have the I do have getting that run game solidified and fortified and focusing on run specific plays as being a little bit more important in this one to get those turnovers in the run game and the you know filling the the void left by a departed running back. That's why it it, it is a little yeah, bit look, the offense isn't 13. as good without Kareem Hunt. I mean, plain and simple, it's just not. It's not even close. Um, and whether it was Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, um, and, and that was something they were able to lean on when they needed to. Because I think what kind of is overlooked in Kansas City, it's not a good offensive line. I mean, and it's also an offensive line that's down two guys. Um, and then it, it's one of the worst. I mean, now, granted, with Eric Berry back, this could all change as he continues to kind of shake that rust off and gets better and better. But secondary's been terrible, um, and you've seen really good teams take advantage of that. And now, all of a sudden, when you can't be balanced penalties on offense, too. holy yeah. moly, the penalties are terrible right. for this team. So like that's all over the place. They get penalized. Their penalties, and especially penalties that kill drives or allow other teams to continue their drives. So pe- penalties that negatively impact them are they're through the roof. There's they're they are so high it's unreal. They're just lucky Patrick Mahomes can keep scoring. Yeah, you know, and like it's, that's the penalties you're talking about it's like when you look at them too it's it's all yardage because it's secondary correct. penalties. It's pass interference penalties. Huge it's, penalties. And and just kind of I think the best way to maybe just to kind of put a button on it for me, you know, to kind of wrap the Chiefs up is you've got one of probably the three best interior rushers in the league creating pressure at you know not Aaron Donald historic rates but pretty darn close to it in Jones and then you've got one of the best edge rushers in D Ford and both of those guys are putting considerable pressure on quarterbacks and they still have some of the worst passing statistics defensively in the league because their secondary cannot cover even for the brief couple of seconds that they need to with that good of a pass rush Um, and I think when you combine that by having this high-flying offense that's scoring, you know, in quick bursts as opposed to long, grinded-out 11- to 15-play drives, 
that front line's now getting tired, and that secondary's getting worse and worse and worse as the game is going on. And uh, I was kind of hoping DJ Swearinger would end up there, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't going to happen. You knew he was <laughs> no, going to get claimed. Uh, heck, I he love that by the John first Gruden put in a claim for him. Jay Gruden cuts him. John Gruden right. puts a claim. That's so. I mean, funny. look where he went. Anyways. He went to the team with a number one claim position in Arizona. Right. I mean, that's well, and that's our next game. <laughs> there you go, Cards at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks go. punched their ticket with that victory over the Chiefs. They're favored by fourteen, actually thirteen and a half, and you have them winning by at thirteen. Yeah, so I have seventy nine point one percent of the simulations. They win. The score I have is twenty seven fourteen. So technically, I'm Arizona. At, you know, with thirteen and a half. 52.4% of the simulations. Now this, and Bill, you're sitting there with terrible body language again. Um, this is a game that has zero bearing on anything, I believe. Correct? The Seahawks are locked in to the five. They can't. They are not. You're shaking nope. your head at me. See? The Vikings win, and the Seahawks lose. The Vikings are the five. Ah, yes. So there you go. All right. So we got an impact. See, that's good you're there. No wonder your body language is so terrible because you're correcting me on something that should be completely obvious. I screwed up. He spends a lot of time on that. Uh, This one, the reason for it, Seahawks' best run. Cardinals really, really, really bad against the run. So it's a slower game, you know, slower from a standpoint of scoring. So that's why it's the 13 points. But run game stability for the Seahawks is the reason for that. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I don't think it's that exciting. But run game. Now, which one is it going to be? How much? Don't know. Uh, Twenty-seven, fourteen. Okay. Oh, I'm saying I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying which running back is going to be right. Like maybe this is the Rashad Penny game. <laughs> maybe this is the, you know, like Chris Carson. Who knows? Like just you know, roll some dice, and that's the running back they're going to use. So Seahawks win. They lock into the five. Uh, if they lose, they could slide to the six. So um, and yep. dep- anyway, I don't need to get into that. We'll do that with the playoff scenarios. Uh, Cowboys and Giants. Giants yep. are favored by six and a half because the Cowboys are expected to rest everybody because. I mean, they said they're not going to, but I would argue that because these that's a team magic that's been people, pretty beat up all year, right? And I would I would imagine because you're seeing this number, even though Jason Garrett says something like, and I think the quote was like, "Anyone who's healthy is going to be played right. and is expected to play full speed." I just don't know if I think the people, the magic people who make this magic number, I don't think they're buying it. They're not I, buying it from yeah. him. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to just kind of take all the work that you've done and throw it out the window. But this is not a game you should even think about playing this is this is a a game to stay away from listen I I do it for every game because that's the that's the like that's what I got to do that's my job sure do I care about no Uh -uh. I just don't know how you adjust I don't know what what you punch in to you know to all of the factors you need to sort out because who knows I mean is it a quarter is it a half is it is it not at all is it you know you look at history and you look at the first half because just look at it. Like, what does Jason Garrett do in situations like this? And ultimately, look, I have Dallas winning 56.6. The score that it projects, 24-21. Uh, who – whatever. That's but, but just again, whatever. they may play nobody. You know, they Correct. may decide, no, why, why would we put somebody no out there healthy. for a snap? Exactly. I don't right. want anybody out there. God forbid <laughs> no they get healthy. hurt when there's nowhere yeah. for them to go. All right, this could the, be – this right. This could be, like, maybe that's the most boring yeah. one. I don't know. Anyways, to the uh, ones we call stray dogs, you like the underdog yay. to win the game. Vikings, uh, Bears at Vikings, Vikings by five. Uh, this is another one where the Bears, you would assume, are going to start the game off trying to win. Hope the 49ers can help them out so they can move up to the two, get a bye, uh, and a home game in the divisional round and not have to deal with a wild card. But then again, if it gets away from the 49ers early, you're talking about, 
the potential to play a very competitive game against what very well could end up being your first-round opponent. And I don't know how that all bears out in your model. I have no idea bears. what you're punching in to figure this one out. So, look, okay, this is this is how I read this one. This one I also care about the first half mostly. They have a very young quarterback. He's not a rookie, but he's, he's a rookie in the system. He's, you know, th- they're having a good offensive season. The way that I look at this one is – if it were all, if it were a veteran quarterback, it would be easier to model. If it were this defense and, you know, a, even, you know, a guy like Case Keenum, who's, I obviously that's confusing because I know he played for the Vikings and he's now in Denver. But if it were someone like that with a, a good deal of history with it, it would be easier to model. This one comes down to the fact that do we believe Matt Nagy in his first year of being the head coach? Does he want to get Trubisky kind of like more reps? Or does he want to save him? Because this could be a, like, you know, Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, this could be a, 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 you know, horizontal game for him. So the way that I figure it is, I really focus on the first half. I look at coaching their coaching tendencies from the trees that they've come from, the naggy tree, and you want to see, okay, I believe, and lucky to talk to some people in these organizations, right? That that first half, if something wacky happens and the Bears have two pick sixes and they go up by 14, then we see nothing interesting from this game, right? Like they just kind of, they like stay, keep everyone healthy and keep everything kind of rolling. But I do think it's going to be more competitive. The Vikings are playing for their playoff lives here. So I do think the Chicago defense is going to show us more than I would have originally thought just looking at this game on paper, right? So I have Chicago winning 53.2% of the simulations. I have a three-point game, 24-21. So technically, because I have Chicago winning and everyone else likes the Vikings or those other magic people like the Vikings, so I'm on the side of Chicago pretty convincingly, 60.8% of the simulations. So for me, it it comes out to the fact that there's no there's no need to factor in tons of rest for the Bears. It's kind of a a nice solid first half and control the second. This uh, yeah, see, I guess for me, I, I almost think of it almost in in the exact opposite terms, right? I I mm-hmm. think of it as okay, I don't care about week 17. I care about week one of the playoffs. Do I want to play the Vikings? Do I want to play the Eagles? Do I really want to take on the defending Super Bowl champs? Well, you could technically also get saddled with the Seahawks too. You could if they lose. If if the Seahawks lose, there's a scenario where you could, right, you could get saddled with them too, which I don't know if that's, I don't think that, I think it's the least ideal option for them. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, I guess, assuming, I I don't suspect the Seahawks are going to lose to the Cards, to a Cards Uh, team that looks as though they have, Settled we didn't into think that Green number. Bay was going to lose to the Cards. So no, you but never I think know, he, right? it, it yeah. looks like a team that settled into that number one overall pick that is uh, content to take Nick Bosa number one. They've got their quarterback for the future. They'll have their defensive end for the future. There's nothing for them to gain by winning that contest, and I wouldn't be surprised if they instruct folks to sit guys, and Seattle's going to make sure they win that game so they get the better seed there. I just I, – I, I mean, you tell me – I guess I'm asking you to maybe jump ahead, and I don't know if yep. you've done that yet in your projections. Mm-hmm. You know, what does the model say the Bears should do? Because if I'm the Bears, I don't want to show the Vikings anything. I don't want to bust my tail, lose a game, and then have to go back and play that that team again in the first round of the playoffs, especially a division opponent that knows all my tendencies, all my weaknesses better than anybody well, else. Like Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, they have some some things in common too, right? Right. Like I mean, <laughs> so it's, you're, it's a bad I, I situation either. Like right. I don't know which if there is a better road for them. You know, I don't I don't know if it's better for them to play the Vikings, a team that they know in their division, 
or is it better for them to play the defending Super Bowl champs who have now knocked off the Rams, you know, played at a knocked off a Texans team that then lost the two seed and go into the playoffs with a ton of momentum, the belief that they are, okay, we're good now. You know, we weathered the storm. I, I don't know what the answer to that is, and I think I'm sure they've got people. You know people there. I'm sure they have people that are modeling all of that and saying, hey, Absolutely. here's our better path. This is what we're actually probably better off doing. I have, I ran it with both. Um, I gave them a home, a home game, obviously, and I ran it with Eagles, and then I ran it with um, the Vikings, and they actually beat the Eagles more often. They do. <laughs> so. so part of – there's two reasons. Well, one, the Eagles O-line, we saw Justin Peter, or Jason Peters is practicing, expected to play. Good. Okay, great. That's helpful. But it really comes down to the fact the Bears' defense against the Eagles' offense, they – We've seen magic, absolutely, but in this model, there's okay. fewer that options, my question. and it's, it's just a better, it's just a better mix. So yeah, go beat the Vikings, get the Eagles in the first round, and <laughs> uh, and you're happy, and that means we should see a competitive Bears team that's been really, really good all season, especially on defense. Great. Just, just focus on that the first easy. half. I should have probably shortened my commentary, my commentary. No, you're good. Just simply ask I, you, hey, what's the model say? Who should they play? There you go. I, yeah, I mean, that's what I got. Now so this far. one. Or maybe I was just so long-winded so we didn't have to talk about the Dolphins at the Bills. Yep, that's exactly what you did. Okay, Bills are favored, three and a half. And you like? Is there going to be weather there? I have Miami winning 52% of the simulations. Okay, Convincing. So... A whopping 52% of the simulations. A score, 21-20. Okay. Uh, 50% and one point. Just, just don't Run. <laughs> Pull an oh, Iron okay. Maiden, run for the hills. All right, Falcons at Bucks. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask yeah. you to, to give me anything on that. Another one. You don't need to. Uh, um, Buccaneers favored by one. 51 is the total. What do you like? I like Atlanta to win in a whopping 51.6% of the simulations, 27-26. Stay <laughs> away. And I know that off the top of the pot, I gave you that there's going to be a lot of points in the Packers and Lions matchup at Lambeau Field. But just to kind of go over that one, I have the Packers, who, by the way, they are seven and a half point favorites. And the magic number in this one is 45. So I have the Packers winning this one, 27-23. So a little closer than other people might think. But more total points because I have 50 total points in this one. Why? Well, in the past three games, the Packers have scored the most points in the NFL. They've averaged over 27. So that's where that 27 comes from. And also, by the way, just to kind of level set, I have Green Bay winning in 67.6% of the simulations. Just so you know, this game is for almost nothing. So it's really kind of one of those like Aaron Rodgers just doesn't quit. I think Devontae Adams, if for some reason you're still playing fantasy, he's a good pick in this one. But overall, I think this is a let's score some points. Let's not play a ton of defense. Let's kind of get you know move on to next season in this matchup all right now that those are out of the way let's get to your confidence picks let's get you back to a three and zero week on your confidence pick what are your three okay. top top three all right we're still going points in green bay and detroit okay. i like that one anything that's high that's what we're gonna do okay got it got it um okay i like i'm just making sure i'm picking the highest one here because you know we get we that's all we want that, we want the model number highest. high right Highest percentage, what's our best what's our best guess? Yeah, so you want to stick with something that has some something of consequence, right? Like doesn't matter. I mean whatever. These are your confidence picks. Hey let's go with let's go Cynthia with, um, Freeland's confidence picks. They're not mine. They're not Bill's. Even though he's looking down his nose at you and judging. He's definitely looking down his he nose is. at me. Um let's go with more points than you might expect also in Houston. So Houston and Jacksonville, more points okay. than you might expect in that one. 
because that one has a nice high percentage. And I think that we're going to go on the side of Dallas and really, no, that it's not a side. I wouldn't hold do on, that. Who knows hey, what's going to happen? You're not going to talk me out of it. I know what I know, but I'm going with the highest one. I just want to make sure that I'm not a liar here. You know what? Um, let's go with fewer points than you might imagine in Kansas City and Oakland. Okay. All, all. Interesting more nuggets. Green Bay, Detroit, more Houston, Jacksonville, less Kansas City, Oakland. All right. Yep. That, uh, I think those three are solid. You sure? Yeah. Last I'm chance. Sure. I'll let you change I'm it right now. I'm not changing it. No. All right. Here uh-uh. we go. Uh, how about this? Burrow is a friend of the pod, and we certainly appreciate them for that this holiday season, even though we are on the tail end of it. Uh, I'm sure maybe you had a moment where you were hosting – Extended family, maybe a few friends, and not everyone was comfortable. Well, how about replacing that old, worn-out, hand-me-down couch with a super comfortable, high-quality, stylish burrow sofa or couch or Davenport, whatever you prefer to call it. Buying your uh, burrow stress-free, you can customize your sofa online. Shipping's fast and free. They do it uh, in a modular design, so you can change the size of your sofa at any time. Fabric's comfy, naturally scratch and stain resistant. Pet-friendly, built-in USB chargers. You don't have to get up. You can charge fancy technology there. And they also offer four unique collections of pillows and throws so you can decide on your style. Uh, Burrow was named one of Time's Best Inventions of 2018. So how about you take care of yourself this new year and get yourself a Burrow comfort and convenience when it comes to your couch. Uh, 500 bucks you can save on a new Burrow sofa. By visiting burrow.com slash game theory. Burrow.com slash game theory. That is B U R R O W dot com slash game theory to save 500 bucks on your sofa. This is the Game Theory and Money Playoff Probability portion of our pod slash video pod. And we are taking a look at the NFC playoff percentages to start here. Cynthia, her model, Cynthia Freeland, our head of predictive analytics, and Bill Smith, our major research maven, uh, is here to join and help us make sense of all of this. So let's start with the NFC. And, Cynthia, we have five Slots that are already locked up in terms of who's going to get into the playoffs. So Saints, Rams, Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks are all in. Still the possibility for a little bit of movement in the seedings. But let's start with who's in, who's not in yet, that sixth spot, and uh, where the Eagles and Vikings are as it stands today. Well, today, because I have the Eagles winning and the Vikings not winning, so the Bears beating the Vikings, the Eagles edge out the Vikings 54.6% to 45.4%. So by the slimmest of margins, the Eagles just barely make it. And that is also a product of you um, positioning the Bears as a team that is going to play their starters the entire game, play to win that game against the Vikings, and not rest guys if they look up and see a Rams Rams team that is throttling the 49ers at halftime. Correct. I 
I don't know if they'll necessarily, I mean, look, maybe they jump off to you. Maybe the Bears defense has some crazy things like a pick six or something that really changes it in turnovers because we've seen Kirk Cousins be susceptible to turnovers before. So if we see that, then maybe they don't play their starters the full four quarters. It's Maybe it's not a huge win, but we see Bears controlling the scenario, controlling the situation because playing the Vikings that third time versus playing the Eagles, which is most likely to happen given kind of the positioning. So the Bears are most likely to end up as the third seed. I get the, the Rams could potentially lose, but it's slow, like very small percentage of the simulations that that comes up. So Bears most likely to be third, in which case they'd most likely be deciding between, not deciding, but it's either going to be the Eagles or the Vikings in the first yeah, round. I mean, look, if they wanted the Vikings, just lose the game. And you're guaranteed to face the Vikings unless the Rams lose to the 49ers, which you do not have in your model. You have them winning handily over the 49ers. So the Bears have a chance to kind of pick their opponent. And it looks like you have them selecting the Eagles to uh, play in the wild card round at home. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and look, we've seen the Eagles have two amazing wins. We saw, you know, Nick Foles, everyone thinks he's like, maybe it's a Christmas thing, you know, St. Nick, it's great. But ultimately, with the Eagles, it comes down to the fact that they do have that critical mass of injuries, especially to, the, to their secondary, and that will come around at some point, right? Like, you've had the changes from the Nick Foles-style Foles offense, which has kept them scoring higher points per game, higher efficiency on converting, you know, new first downs, necessar- not necessarily on third down but first and second down yielding a new third down or new first down more often and more points being scored so that's great but ultimately when teams are going to have to start throwing and I'm by no means saying that Mitchell Trubisky is the best thrower in the in the league but when you start to see that happen and or you get behind that's going to be a situation where it's really difficult for the Eagles to to kind of come back from so to hop in there you're saying the Bears Try to beat the Eagles, and that is what they should do. You say try to beat the four, Vikings, Trish, they try try to beat the Vikings, Vikings. Yep. in Week 17 because that's best for them in the wild card round. You think they have a better chance to beat the Eagles in the wild card round than they would the Vikings playing them a third time. Correct. I okay. think, and especially, especially if you look at like, look, like the the Vikings the first time they didn't have all of their pieces on defense. So now we get the Vikings the second time. Their defense is intact. Their defense has been playing really well lately. They're on the uptick from that defense. You really want to go and try to roll the dice a third time. That's very difficult. They know each other very well. They know each other's tendencies. You know, it, divisional opponent is a little bit easier. Now you will say that there is that. The Matt Nagy knows what the Doug Peterson offense. Of course, they came from the same. They have this. They're cut from the same cloth. They have the. They have the same philosophies, or at least similar ones. They've worked together. So it's a. That's an interesting matchup as well because they do know each other's tendencies. But that, you know, the way the Bears' defense operates projects to be a more convincing win against the Eagles this time than it would be against Minnesota two weeks in a row. So let's shift to percentages to win the Super Bowl. Let's uh, do it. Prior to the postseason starting. And your favorite <laughs> out of the NFC is? Saints. Okay, why? Well, home field advantage is a huge deal. Sure. That bye week is a huge deal to get healthy. To also kind of regroup and figure out. Their O-line is really where I'm looking at health. That's They've had some some. You don't want to lose any of Ryan Ramchek has been playing awesome, and him potentially being injured and having some time to rest up is a gigantic deal for this offense. So kind of one thing to look at there is their O-line health, everything for this team, especially the center of their O-line. So, you know, I know Ramchek plays on the outside, but you know what I'm saying. Like the more they can solidify that and be healthy there, that's what really drives their percentages. And you have them them at 17%. Yep. 
Okay. Give them as them. a solid favorite over the Rams, then drop all the way down, almost 6% fewer at 11.4, and then the Bears at 10.3. Mm-hmm. Why sort of the Rams and Bears so close? The Bears have – so when you can run on a team, you have a much better chance of winning. When people have beaten the Rams, they've just run right at the center of that line where they're very vulnerable, their defensive line where they're very vulnerable, and they've been able to control the game. The Rams give up way too many yards to the middle of their defensive line. That's a that's a hard thing to overcome, when, especially when you're facing playoff teams, especially when you're playing teams that can – this is to win the Super Bowl, not necessarily at this. You know, first you got to make it there, but then to win. And the Bears' defense has shown a lot more fortitude when it comes to stopping the run. And I'm worried about the Bears' secondary. They've had some injuries to that secondary, but run stopping has been far more predictive in playoff history than you've seen. Like look at the Ravens the year that they made it as a wild card. That's kind of a good comparable if you're thinking about it like that. All right. So that is your uh, – and, and if you just go behind that, you have the Cowboys at 6%, Seahawks at 3.9%. Um, so a pretty dramatic drop-off. I guess the Cowboys at 6% isn't that big uh, of a drop-off. I mean, when you're talking about the Bears at 10, but again, when you have the Saints all the way up at 17, uh, especially knowing how good they are at the Superdome, uh, certainly quite the odds to overcome if the Cowboys are not only going to make it but win, as you mentioned. Okay, let's shift to the uh, AFC playoff percentages. Cynthia, Bill, we have four teams that are guaranteed to take part in the postseason. The Chiefs right now at the one spot. The Patriots, after the Texans lost last week to the Eagles, will get a bye if they win out. Uh, And they are at the two. The Texans currently are going to make the playoffs. We don't know. They still could lose the division, but they are in the postseason, as are the Chargers right now as the number one wild card team. What else are we watching here in Week 17? Well, it's about seeding here. So I do have the Texans winning and taking that number three. I have the Baltimore Ravens in the four. They have a 73.9% probability of making the playoffs, which that reflects the fact that they're winning this week. And so they win and they control their destiny based on their win last week here in Los Angeles. And then I actually, in the six seed, so that makes the Chargers the five seed. And then I have the six seed as the Indianapolis Colts, 55.2% of the simulations, which means that I have them beating the Titans, who are my number seven, 44.8%. And then on the way outside looking in are the Steelers, 26.1% of the simulations as the number eight. So in 26, about a quarter of the time, they end up overcoming the Ravens. So Cynthia, you have the Ravens with a 69% chance of beating the Browns this week, but they have a 74% chance of making the playoffs. Where does that sort of 5% difference come in? So if the Chargers don't, I'm sorry, if the Ravens don't win, and the Steelers don't win, then the Ravens still go. So that little net 4%-ish reflects the fact, this the off chance that both of them don't win, but both the Steelers and the Ravens are heavily favored in my model this week. But if, sometime, if something weird happens, then and both of them don't win, the Ravens still go. So okay. that's what the 4% reflects, that small difference. And then something you went into in detail on the pod that I think you should share here is with the Colts-Titans game, the percentage of Sims that you ran with Marcus Mariota as the starting quarterback, percentage with Blaine Gabbert as the starting quarterback, and then also because you have a pretty healthy chunk of Marcus Mariota playing at not 100% percentage of those simulations that you were able to run for the Titans and how you came up with the Colts getting out with a win there in Nashville. Yeah, so... 
Unfortunately for Marcus Mariota, he's played injured many times, so we have a decent sample size to see a not 100% Marcus Mariota. So I did a 75% Marcus Mariota, so which just means he's the potential that in the shift in their game plan, maybe more running plays, maybe fewer deep passes, things that would reflect a more conservative game plan to try to give them the optimal opportunity to win. So given that, that's what really drives the Colts, especially with their offensive efficiency. Over the past four games, those Colts, 90% red zone touchdown percentage. That's really high, especially considering they're also converting over 54% of third downs into first downs. So they're getting new set of downs and they're also being effective in terms of scoring. So that solidifies the Colts win. I mean, look, it's not the most convincing win in my model, but that's what really drives the Colts over the Titans in this matchup this week. And also, if, if you could, and I think you have all the numbers in front of you, I'm putting you on the spot here. Do but, it. Um, Do it. All the of spots. Those, of those four guaranteed slots right now, Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, and I guess you don't have to talk about the Chargers just because they're, well, I guess they would have to win, right, in order to get something to shake up. Which of those games has the highest percentage likelihood of being an upset? I know they're all projected to get wins, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Texans, and the Chargers, but which one has perhaps the least convincing number where you might see the Texans, let's say, jump to the two or the Chargers jump to the one? Is there one that's ahead of all the others? So... Houston. And if the answer is no, that they're all just heavy, you know, likelihood to get victories, then that's that's a fine answer as well. I just didn't know if there was one in there, you know, maybe the Jags knock off the Texans and now they're a wild card and the Colts end up being AFC South champions or how if there's any if there's any variable um, that that suggests that maybe something like that has a higher percentage of happening. So both Kansas City and New England are more than 83 percent of the simulation winners. So that's Super convincing. Huge. Huge. Um, Houston is 10% less than that, so 73, which is a significant win, but you rarely, if ever, get something over 80%, let alone 83% in my model. So that 73% is considerably, considerably worse. So that's right. the and one then, that could happen. <laughs> okay. And if it doesn't, you'll have the Colts going back to. to and the Chargers the are 70.5, but. That's right. which, but that's kind of like a little like they'd need some help for some other crazy things to happen. Crazy things to happen would be the Raiders beating the Chiefs in Kansas City, that's right? <laughs> which that's, would, would certainly qualify yeah, as extremely that's a, that's crazy. A, this is a crazy uh, thing to happen in a in a week seventeen, and then you have the Colts going back to Houston for the third time. These two teams taking on one another, uh, wild card weekend, and of course the Colts in this position because they were able to dominate the Texans uh, at Houston in week fourteen. Yeah, that one's going to be really exciting. If that happens, right? <laughs> that O-line. Uh, I'm watching that O-line. The Colts O-line is really like something to, for me to big-time monitor because if you look at the difference between the Colts O-line and the Texans O-line, it's considerably different considering, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson has been sacked 54 times, which is No, that's all. Just, just that. Just um, all right, let's go to uh, percentages to win the Super Bowl. What do we have? Who's on top? So this one's a little closer than the NFC. Of the Chiefs on top, 13. Next up, the Patriots with 11.7. Getting that week off for them is a huge deal. The Texans are then next at 7.5. And then the Ravens, because they're right now slotted to be in the four seed, 6.8, followed by the Chargers, 5.3. And then the Colts, 3.2. Titans and Steelers have below 1%, but that's because right now they're not forecasted to be in. So this past week, the Patriots were scheduled to be the three seed. Houston loses to Philadelphia. They jump back up to two. In your model, they go from an 8.8% chance 
back up to an 11.7% chance. Is that simply because of the buy for them, or did you see something over the past week that caused you to like the Patriots or your model to like the Patriots a little more? Well, I did go back to run it to see what had happened had the Texans won. So had the Texans beat the Eagles to see what would happen to the Patriots just then because it would line everything up a little bit better. And that number's down like under seven. So they, they – that would, that would have been a considerable difference. So let's think seven versus almost 12. That's a huge difference. So one, it's obviously it's easier to win th- two games than it is to win three games, just no matter what. And then two, between health at their position and they don't have – they're not very deep in certain positions on their defense like linebackers. So the health, increased health, and fewer games both combined to do that. So that's and a big difference, though. Five percent for them. Oh, huge! As is uh, a and bigger by the number way, than that. Five and a half percent. The Chargers slipped from being the favorite in the AFC all the way down to five, or the second favorite, I should say, all the way down to five percent. And I'm assuming that's a product of them losing to the Ravens, because uh, your model had the Chiefs projected to lose to the Seahawks, and that would have given the Chargers the number one seed. Number one seed. So not only home field advantage is now a big driver of that, but also a buy. So again, three games is harder to win than two games. And if you're traveling and you're going, you know, presumably where, where would this one end? So I'm bad at like figuring out like exactly yeah, right now they places. go to Baltimore. If you know, if your model holds Baltimore wins, the Chargers stay in the five, the Ravens get the four and they would travel to Baltimore travel. and try to take on a team. <laughs> that, I know that was, I got caught up there. Uh, travel to Baltimore to take on a Ravens team right, and just so handle them. You're going all the way East. You're like, these are, and that's the weather. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to factor in there that make things worse. Right. So I, I'm, I'm bad at like the, the whole, um, like, look, like I can tell you if the weather's bad, if the, I can tell you a lot of different things once it happens. So it's like a history of what has, like, if you're looking at weather, for example, in any of these, like the Patriots get an advantage here, the Chiefs get an advantage here. This one's more interesting. Obviously, the Texans play inside. That's not as compelling because it's not as different. But I can tell you historically, you can, like, look back and look at the weather through history. There's plenty of data on that one, too. So it's not good for the Chargers to have to go cold and east. They just won in Kansas City, so that's good for them. Now, looking at the Ravens, they more than doubled their chances with that win against the Chargers, 2.9% last week to 6.8% this week. Is that because maybe they solidified their spot in the playoffs? Is that because they defeated another playoff team? Or do you take sort of the possibility of a rematch with the Chargers into account considering they just won that game? So it's less about the rematch with the Chargers specifically yet because this one, so to win the Super Bowl, so you first you got to – they, the bigger jump in this one was the fact that last week we kind of had this whole scenario where it was like if you added up the NF, the AFC North teams, there was like only a little bit of surplus for anyone to end up in the in as the wild card. So last week was really when they wrapped up pretty much they put themselves in pole position to be to to win the division and kind of kick the Steelers out. So that was more what that reflected in this one. A rematch would stink. That's always harder to play a team again in such a short amount of time you see it again you see it always with divisional opponents the more you know about people that's all really that's all really interesting but the biggest driver from last week to this week was just simply a way 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 bigger chance to make the playoffs all right as we wrap i I do want to point out um because this is what uh, talking heads do you know what not going to stray from my predictions at the start of the season well you will stray cynthia because yours is all math but your math at the start of the season 
projected Saints Chiefs. And right now, your uh, playoff percentage. I just need the have, Chiefs defense to play a little better so that yeah. I can like not they can stop sweating it. Still holds. It still holds. <laughs> For now, until we did need to yes. hold to February because you just need to yeah, get there hey, so then I can just I'm be just like. just saying, exact same spot that mic. we were before do week one. Uh, see whether or not that holds. Remember, you want more details, specifically all the games uh, that will be played in week 17. You can get it by subscribing and downloading the Game Theory and Money podcast using Bill Smith's research and obviously centered with the model that uh, Cynthia runs those 10,000 simulations for each and every game. We appreciate you watching, and we'll be here every single week as the playoffs roll on, trying to figure out, using math, who's going to hoist that Vince Lombardi trophy come the first week of February.